Hello and welcome, fellow humans on the journey. My name is Grady Milligan, and you're listening to the To and From Podcast, a record of process and transformation through creative and intentional living. Through this podcast, I want to hold safe space for thoughts, questions, tears, and laughter, and to create one more little stage for collective story. So thank you for listening. I hope that we can grow together in the tension and beauty of who we are and who we're becoming. The main feature of today's episode will be a conversation that I recorded a few weeks ago with my friend Alex Cherry. Alex is a filmmaker and creative who lives out in California, but I met her back in the Marvel days of her story, and I think y'all are really going to enjoy the encouraging and contagious spirit that Alex just radiates when you talk to her about things she loves. But there's just a few things I wanted to do before we get into the interview part of the episode. So the first thing I wanted to do today was to take a moment here at the beginning and do a little mini version of the Nerdcast or the To and From Nerd Blitz or whatever this segment will be called to talk about a few geeky things I've been enjoying and maybe you have been too. And item one of that has been the Final Fantasy VII Remake for PlayStation 4. I'm honestly pretty blown away by how fantastic this game has been so far. If you were someone who played the original game back on the PlayStation original, then you'll probably just start the game up and cry. (laughs) You know, having the music and the prelude playing right when you turn it on, seeing the iconic Buster Sword, which is the main weapon of the story's protagonist, or at least main protagonist, Cloud. It was uh, really emotional, even as someone who played the game later in life. I found myself a little choked up just because of how significant this story, this RPG was for all of gaming, honestly. I'm trying to reel in how much I want to say to keep this short, but the battle system, which is new and combines a lot of things that the company Square Enix has done well through throughout different games, is very refreshing. The visuals are stunning and really take you into this story that is in some ways almost totally new because of the depth and the detail and the story taking its time. It expands what you experienced in the first play so much that it almost becomes a whole new story and in a really incredible way. And I also think that may speak to how much the creators know the significance of what this game did for gaming as a whole when it came out, including some of the first really in-detail CG cutscenes, like almost the invention, you could say, of the real cutscene in games. So Final Fantasy VII Remake, incredible. Talk to me about it. Send me emails. Let's nerd out about that. Also, if it's surprising to you that I didn't talk about Animal Crossing, that is because we did a whole episode about Animal Crossing and sort of that whole genre of chill, atmospheric games over on the second episode of the Freakin' Radcast, which you can listen to on Patreon. It's been cool to see people's response to the first couple episodes of the new show, so thank you very much. Alright, so my second nerd item, just real short, is that I recently finished a rewatch of the show Cowboy Bebop. If you never saw this show, this anime in the 90s, it is on Hulu, it is 
truly, truly one of the triumphs of this medium. The storytelling of the series is so unique because where each episode is kind of a bottle and oftentimes feels just like its own beginning, middle, and end, there is throughout the whole series some of the best animation that's ever been in the anime genre as well as just a really rich and very mature look at existentialism and wrestling with your past or not being willing to wrestle with your past that is so thematic and so rich throughout the entire show truly truly beautiful and one of the best opening songs of any show that's ever been so Check out Cowboy Bebop if you never did, and please talk to me about it. Okay, so moving right along, the last order of business before we get into the conversation with Alex, I actually wanted to read a little bit of listener mail. This message comes from Derek, who is a friend and patron on Patreon, who, after listening to both this conversation you're about to hear, as well as Alex's chat on the Freakin' Radcast episode, wanted to share how Alex's passion and talking about art really inspired him. So let me read this to you. Quote, you know how pretty much every kid is good at art and makes things until they just kind of don't anymore. Every kid paints, makes little clay sculptures, crafts, dances, etc. But then one day they stop. I used to draw all the time, but now I don't. And for the longest time, I've always had a twinge of guilt or failure for maybe the unrecognized potential, perhaps, because I didn't make art or create anything. But listening to you and Alex talk about art and film made me realize I think about grilling and cooking the same way you guys talk about music and writing. I'm hesitant to take the hyper-relative attitude that everything is art because some things are just purely pragmatic, but I feel like the differentiator is whether or not a piece of your soul goes into the thing or the act. I definitely pour my soul into the things I cook. Anyways, it was just a freeing thought and realization for me. Derek, thanks for sharing that. And I, as someone who has eaten food that you have cooked, know that that is a very true statement. And I love it. I've talked before with Becky on an episode of the show about how much food means to me. I think it's kind of recently been maybe my favorite art form, even above music, which I don't know if you're allowed to say as a musician, but that is awesome. I hope that you will look at the way you cook, and I hope any listener will look at the way they put passion into anything that they use creative energy for as awesome and worthwhile and artful and not something to be pushed to the side or made little of. So now it's time to hop into the interview with Alex Cherry. I think you are really going to enjoy this, and I also encourage you to stay after the chat for a little message from Alex at the end of the episode about some new developments and how the COVID crisis is currently affecting new things in her work and what she will be doing during this time. I encourage you to stay and listen to that at the end. Thank you for being here. So here is my conversation with Alex Cherry on the To and From podcast. Alex, I am so stoked that we are doing this because you are so cool. And I haven't got to have an actual conversation with you other than like messages since you've moved across the whole country. I know. Um, it feels like it's been Which forever. makes me sad. <laughs> yeah, because you're so awesome. And uh, can we can we get you to just sort of like 
give us a little bit of the Alex story, kind of introduce yourself a little bit and sort of where you came from and how you end up where you are doing the things you're doing now in case people haven't met you before. Yeah, totally. So um, I'm from Maryville, Tennessee, which is where I met you. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I went to the University of Alabama and I studied uh, filmmaking. And so all throughout college, you know, I'm a big movie fan, movie buff. I made a ton yes. of short films with friends, um, did a lot of film projects. And then I kind of did the typical thing when I graduated, which was I moved to Los Angeles because I wanted to work in the film business, which is, you know, what you do if you want to get into yeah. the industry. But that's so crazy to me that that's like a normal thing that doesn't sound big and scary to you. Like the way you're able to just say, oh, okay. <laughs> it was big and scary. It totally was. I talk about it like it's casual, you know, but uh, it was definitely... Well, you survived it at this point, right? You know, like oh, yeah. the, like hindsight 2020, you've you've actually survived the big thing. But even even moving states to do college, can we like stop there? What was, what was sort of the beginning of the filmmaking in college? And maybe even right before that, like... What was sort of the first film thing you were a part of? Did that start right at the end of high school? And and then what was that like in college before even the big move? Yeah, so it was interesting because I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I was going into college. I was a fan of movies um, and media in general, but I wasn't, uh, you know, I didn't dream of making movies growing up. Um, and... So I was kind of like fishing for what I wanted to do and I okay. um, I was going to be like a communications major because it sounded easy and um, that was what I was going to do. And then like a week before my orientation for college, I saw a movie that you may be familiar with. It's called Mad Max Fury <laughs> Road. Um, yeah. Great movie. <laughs> great movie. Yeah. And the credits rolled on the movie and I was just like, I want to make that. Like, I just had this, like, a That's incredible. Yeah. And so... That's so interesting. And, and, you know, it's also funny to me when you said it, the thing I always think about is how, like, um, <laughs> they always put... Uh, oh, bl I'm blanking on his name right now. What's, what's the main actor in... Uh, Tom Hardy. Uh, Mad Max. Yeah, Tom Hardy. I, thanks, I blanked. But <laughs> every Tom Hardy movie that came out in, like, that short span of time, they yeah. just put a mask over his face yeah. and don't let him speak clearly. Yeah, he has to act, like... <laughs> through a mask or through some yeah. kind of impediment in Dark Knight Rises yeah. <laughs> and Dunkirk and yeah, all this those fantastic movies. actor who can do all these accents because even in he has a role in that like Peaky Blinders yeah. show and they give him such a huge beard and mustache that I still can't really see him talk <laughs> I know it's like why are you doing this to him why are you torturing him this way but hey I love it <laughs> he pulls it off um, yeah oh sorry for the interruption oh, so that's no. awesome this moment this epiphany moment so like what do you do after this yeah. waking up moment of, oh, crap, I need to make films right now? Yeah, so I first I immediately switched my major to be film. So when I went to orientation, I had switched majors. And so I was going to be going in as a film major instead of communications. And I felt a little intimidated because a lot of the people that I met in my program were had already been like messing around with cameras and like making little films with their friends in high school and all this stuff. And I didn't have any of the technical experience, but okay. I knew I loved stories and I knew I loved characters and movies. And so I just like 
dove headfirst. I like got a cheap camera and I started just reading books and watching YouTube videos and like learning everything I could because I was like, I have to catch up. Um, this is what I'm going to do now. And it's weird because it just kind of hit me and it never went away. I never questioned if I wanted to be a filmmaker after that. Like it was just like full speed ahead. That's really, really cool because I'm like you're saying, that's not everyone's story. You know, I think all of us probably had a friend that even in like middle school or high school was already trying to make projects every weekend with a little camera or something. Right, um, right. Yeah. So did you do you think that made you approach it differently? Or, you know, obviously the, the challenges would seem pretty obvious because you're like, oh, crap, I feel like I'm behind. Maybe some of that mm-hmm. imposter syndrome that I think we can all struggle with. But like, what was... Do you think there are ways that coming at it at a different angle or at starting at a later point um, made you approach things with a different perspective that you could notice? Um, I would say I definitely, in a way, I felt like I had to kind of prove myself, you know, because I was I was up against, not up against, I wasn't competing against my peers necessarily, but I was, you know, working with peers who this seemed to come so naturally to them. And I was like, I felt like I had kind of had to earn my place um, and be like, hey, even though I don't have all this these years of experience that you have, I can catch up and I can be just as valuable um, and I can put just as much passion into it. And so it really made me take it seriously um, because I, I knew I wanted to um, learn as quickly as I could so I could jump in really fast. And, you know, I did. I I got an internship at our um, local, like, it, we have a television station on campus at the University of Alabama. So I got an internship okay. there um, starting my sophomore year. And I was making films beginning of sophomore year. And I just, like, jumped into it head first. And I think it was really just never questioning myself, like, deciding, like, yeah this is what I feel, this is what I'm passionate about, and I'm going to work until until I get there. So, yeah. That's awesome. That's super awesome. <laughs> so what was uh, in that in uh, the college uh, season, you know, as, as you kind of really were getting into it, what were some of the favorite things you got to be a part of? Or, you know, what were some of the highlights of the movie making and training you were getting? Because I think that's going to lead us into where you are now. Yeah, um, I... So the University of Alabama doesn't really have like a film school per se. Um, We had some great teachers, but there weren't a ton of resources. So most of the films I was making and the projects I were working on were like outside of our classwork, which really made it a group of us who were just so passionate that we wanted to spend every weekend making films. And so we developed this really tight click of like, not click, because we accepted everyone and we had lots of friends join in, but you know, a tight, tight knit group of friends who this was our passion. We knew this is what we wanted to do. And so every weekend we were working on films, we were writing, we were shooting, we were editing. um, And I think learning to do it just because we wanted to do it and not because it was part of our classwork was the most important part of all of that. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, because it, well, I mean, there's no other incentive. You're not getting grades for it. You're not getting, you know, rewarded for it any other way than the learning of the craft itself. And and I'm sure also the feeling of like success and loving something you made when you got to show projects to friends. And, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, and did you do any of that? Did you, what was it like? Because this is such an interesting art form to me because I, you know, I love film and I love filmed 
media but have no experience in it right mm-hmm. so um, like it scares the crap out of me to just point my camera at me and sing a song so yeah. um what what were some of the ways you were sharing what you were doing was it kind of staying within that group mostly as just you're making it and you're learning as you go or were you doing festivals or sharing things online what was it like okay here's my art hope you guys like it yeah it was a little bit of all of that um we would always be showing stuff to that group. Like we would send each other drafts of scripts we were writing or, you know, edits that we were making and we would help each other improve that way. And then we had a um, a film festival on campus called Black Warrior Film Festival, which was to showcase all the student films every year. So okay. everyone always went to that and we would get to see each other's work and we would bring in, you know, friends who weren't in film and they would get to see it. And that was really a fun time too kind of show off you know um and then we also entered some of our films in film festivals around the country um like my senior thesis film called bloody knuckles um went to several film festivals in the southeast and then now i have it on vimeo and you know i can show it to um potential people i might collaborate with or just people who want to see my work and so um it's really cool to have different mediums to show it you know to go to film festivals and to put it online and to just kind of share the work as much as possible. Yeah. And that's a super metal name. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So cool. Yeah. (laughs) That's freaking awesome. That I feel like that name makes so much sense with like the action movies and Marvel movies and things that I know influenced you and and that you love like so much in your own story. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a a fun (laughs) film. I'll definitely uh, show it to you for sure. Okay, please. That's awesome. We could link it if you wanted to. Yeah, definitely. um, Definitely. Okay, awesome. Uh, Can you so can you tell me how do we get to um, LA from there? Like how do we what's the next part of the story and how did you make the big scary move and and sort of what's it been like since you've been over there? Yeah, um I knew I wanted to go to LA because I I just kind of had this feeling of like even if it even if it doesn't last, even if I don't go out there and achieve all my dreams, I have to try, like I will kick myself forever if I don't try. Yeah, absolutely. So, senior year, I just applied to like every internship that I could possibly find that was in Los Angeles that was paid because I was like I cannot move out there (laughs) without money you know Um, oh of course and I was really fortunate that this um, small startup company that does like web content um, for it's actually like educational web content video content Um, they were called Jump Cut and I got an interview with them online and we did a video interview and they were like yeah we want you to come be our intern for the summer and it was a paid internship and so I was like sold and right after graduation I moved out to LA and I started working as an intern for um, this company and they really it really changed my life because they gave me a chance to move out there and start meeting people Um, and you know I was so fortunate that I got a paid internship right off the bat Um, but sure yeah I think I applied to like 70 internships and that was oh my god that was the one that was the one that gave me an interview and it worked out oh that's incredible (laughs) (laughs) oh and so when you got there what were uh two parts of city moving into the new city what was the networking and meeting people and adjustment kind of in the professional side like and what was the just personal and cultural side like what did you love about the city what was you know what was 
the excuse me what was the day-to-day transition into the new place like yeah um luckily i moved out there with a college friend so i wasn't totally alone which was great um and i really just it was scary because i you know i've never lived in a huge city like that before um but i i told myself like my internship was a two-month commitment and I was like we're gonna be here for two months we're gonna explore everywhere we can we're gonna be super flexible and just see if this works for us you know um and so that's beautiful yeah and so everyone at work was really accommodating and a lot of them had film projects on the side and so I really just started getting to know my coworkers, and they would be like oh we're shooting a music video this weekend come help us on set and so then I would go like help them on set with their music video and I would meet more filmmakers and it just was this really organic process of meeting people and exploring and um you know I feel really fortunate that it it worked out the way it did but I I really just felt so welcomed by the community that I found myself in and I think that made all the difference Oh, that's incredible. That that makes me so happy for my friend. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Gosh. And I feel like all of us that know you are like so dang proud of you for doing it, Aww, which is super you. cool. Thank no, for you. real. It's freaking awesome. And um, so so the networking and stuff, I think it's really cool that you felt like it was natural. And I, you know, I've never done anything in your industry. So it's interesting to hear how you just take the gig and then you take this gig and then you just meet more and more and more people. Yeah. Um, so, so how does that lead you to what you're like doing as your job now, which is like a big deal and a big new step kind of talk to us a little bit about where you are right at this moment now that the move isn't so new. Yeah. So I, once I was done with my internship, they actually jump cut extended me into a production coordinator position so I was full-time with them for a while after my internship um and so I I kept working at Jump Cut I kept meeting people and then an opportunity came up at uh Walt Disney Studios which of course if you know me yeah yeah if you know me I'm like huge into like Marvel and Star Wars and Disney and they had an internship opening in their physical production department which is like right where I want to be working and I was like, you know what? We definitely got to go for this. I was terrified, but I was like, this is this is the dream right here, uh, you know? And so um, I, you know, I interviewed several rounds of interviews and I got the position um, at Disney as an intern. And so now I'm interning in the physical production department at Walt Disney Studios. And it is absolutely like a dream come true. And I feel like I'm pinching myself every single day. But, <laughs> That's um, crazy. Yeah. 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 So what what are you able to tell us sort of about the day to day in working that job? Like, what's it like? What are some of the things you're getting challenged to do? Um, what's what's your favorite part of it? And what's like the maybe scariest part of the day to day? Yeah, it's really interesting because it is, you know, a huge company. Um and I've never been in that kind of environment before. Um, yeah, that's an so, understatement. <laughs> yeah, and so it's it's just so intimidating because, you know, I'm working in the studio that is making the most money at the box office every year, that's, like, producing the most films. Like, we all love their movies. We all know what they make. And so um, I, I do a lot of support work for executives where I help with paperwork and I help take notes, notes in meetings and I really just get to be like a fly on the wall to this whole system um and it's really made me fall in love with film more but it's also really made me 
kind of question where I want to be within that world because the studio system is very money driven all the time. Like that right, is right. that is the top priority is how are we saving money? How are we making money? All of that stuff. Um, and so uh, it's really cool because I get to like I sit in on creative meetings about upcoming films that we have. You know, I got I get to go to early screenings. I, I've already seen Mulan, which now no one gets to see because of this coronavirus situation. But you um, say that so casually, and I'm so <laughs> mad and jealous that you've seen Mulan. <laughs> I know, right? I feel so bad because I want to talk to people about it, but it's not out yet, and I really want people that to is see okay. it. But. That just means I have to call you the second it, I am able to see it when the world is healthy again. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it's really just every day I'm learning something new about how the film world works, especially on the business side of it, because of course I love movies. I want to make movies. I love the creative aspect. And that was really all I did in school was be creative. And now that I'm witnessing the business side on the flip side it's a totally different perspective and it's one i needed to learn but it's also it's reminding me you know hey like i need to i need to keep everything in perspective because this is a business where do i want to stand in this do i want to work for disney forever this company that is making you know billions that is always thinking about the money or do i want to work in independent film you know where it's much more about the creative side and the passion for the art i don't know and so just kind of trying to figure that out and and you have time that's the thing too right like you have i think if you're like me and like i think probably all of us doing any kind of creative thing you can feel so much pressure or so you can microscope in so much where it feels like every decision you're making is the decision you're having to make for the rest of forever. When in reality, it's like, no, let's just do today. And let's do what is the right thing today. And what feels the wisest or the most like me being the person and the creative I want to be today. And we'll we'll land at where we are in seven years, in seven years, you know? Yeah, um, definitely. Which is easy to say on a podcast right now when I thought of it and impossible in my day to day. So Of course, but we're <laughs> I'm always with you. I'm with working you. <laughs> toward that, you know? Right, right. And and so and and I think the cool thing is I hope you get to do lots of all of it, you know, cuz I hope you get to like stretch the creative vision and muscles like as much as you're able to as well as I hope you can like pay your bills and I want Alex to get a slice of the pie. So yeah. I hope you get yeah. to do like all of that and and kind of push yourself and what those companies independent or giant are doing to like their best because you have a lot of skill I think that's just really awesome thank you yeah it's yeah it's definitely a learning process and like you said I'm just trying to remind myself to take it day by day learn everything I can and uh the future will happen as it happens kind of thing right exactly well and so um I think we can come back to some of the different what and the different like how of the filmmaking and and what you're doing I'd like to kind of talk a little bit about some of the why you know yeah like why film because you've described the way it caught you the way I mean obviously it's this massive engine and drive because it's pushed you to do all of this amazing risky stuff but let's just talk the why of it like what is it about film that all of a sudden became your life you know what uh, movies, Marvel stuff, Star Wars, 
the way film tells stories at all, anywhere we want to go. But I, I just want to spend some time because it's my favorite thing, right? Like when someone <laughs> loves an art form yeah. and is a part of it, it's the why, why do you do it? Because it's so hard and it's so much work. But but I think that's like what's contagious and what I'd like to hear some of. Yeah. Um. Gosh, where do I even start, you know? Um, yeah, I right. Think, I think for me, it's it's all about character. Um, that's what I always come back to is these characters that I love so much that get me invested in um, yeah. movies. And obviously, there are characters in books and TV shows and everything else too. But I think movies especially, I just love this larger-than-life experience, especially with the movie theater experience. Um, so it's a combination. Yeah, seeing it, yeah. Yeah. It's a combination of that like huge spectacle idea of like a film on the big screen and then these characters that I really feel drawn to. And I think for me, it's kind of two things. It's characters that I think are the kind of people I want to aspire to be or that make me want to be better. Or it's characters. Yeah, yeah, or it's characters that I see myself in or both, you know? Um, So my favorite characters are like characters that I, that both, make me want to be a better person and that I can see pieces of myself in because then I can see myself making the same kind of journey they have. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can learn something from it. And isn't that interesting? Cause when you brought this up as something to kind of discuss, it really struck me um, as well. Cause I, I think, isn't it the coolest thing that these characters, especially the fictional ones for me, cause I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth, but Honestly, the fictional characters, even more than someone's beautiful portrayal of nonfiction, which is very cool too, obviously, but something about that the myth or the metaphor or the larger than life somehow always seems to point out what's really earthy and like true and shared in our own experience. There's there's just something about that, right? Like as someone who... I can share a love of superhero movies with oh, <laughs> like yeah. yourself. Oh, yeah. There's just there's a there's literally like a feeling in the chest, something that happens when I'm being inspired and watching that character, campy, silly, serious or whatever. That is a feeling that I don't almost get anywhere else, but it's like a feeling I've chased in story since being a little kid, you know. Oh yeah. Like I love what you're saying. Yeah, I mean it's funny because, you know, I'm a huge Marvel fan. Um, that's that's my claim to fame. Everyone, I I try to make sure everyone I meet knows it. I'm like, this is the one thing you need to know about me. <laughs> but Yeah, or just see your Instagram feed and it'll be very clear from the amazing cosplay, which you're oh, super good you. at. thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that's super hard and that's <laughs> impressive. Yeah, and it's funny because I, like, I didn't even get into comic books and superheroes when I was younger. Um, in fact, I didn't, I had never picked up a comic book or seen a superhero movie until the Avengers came out in 2012. Um, cause it was funny because I, I never even heard of like Captain America or Iron Man or anything like that. And my dad was just randomly like, Hey, do you want to go see this movie, the Avengers? And I was like, and then everything changed. Literally everything changed. (laughs) We went and saw the Avengers and it's exactly what you're talking about. It wasn't it wasn't even like the spectacle that full me fully drew me in it was the characters like i fell in love with captain america in that movie and he's like this super soldier that you know is in no way a realistic human by his like physical ability 
But as a character, he's so, like, flawed and understandable. And, like, he, he was so inspiring to me because, you know, he has this really incredible drive to, like, stand up for other people and, you know do the right thing at the greatest cost and i was just like this character makes me want to be a better person and that's what made me fall in love with it and that's what i want to that's the kind of art i want to make i just i get so so excited about it (laughs) (laughs) like like um because i also remember when oh excuse me but when captain marvel came out like i was so hyped and then whenever i was losing hype i would go to anything you were posting (laughs) and i would get more hype about the movie and and then you were the first person i messaged (laughs) That's so great. Actually, that's been true now that I think there have been like five movies probably in the last three years that you were the first person I texted in the credits. Yeah. (laughs) It's my new favorite tradition at a movie. Yeah, that's amazing. No, I I love that's another I mean, that's a whole nother part of it. Like you're talking about is just that connection to other people through this shared medium like we're all watching this movie and then we all talk about it and we relate to it in different ways. And it just it's really the most amazing thing and you know this is so random but it's also for me one of the only places i'm good at conflict and don't care to have it which is so (laughs) strange because i'm so bad at it and trying to learn it in all my other parts of life that i probably need it way more yeah um but i will defend movies uh, may, maybe maybe movies in series that you and I both love that uh, other people maybe don't like, um, like, say, Star Wars movies that I like and no one else did. Yeah. Um, and and f- in this one space in my life, feel so little fear to tell everybody this is what I like and I'm standing with it. I know, When it's right? hard to do that for real world things. <laughs> it's so funny how that works. Like, I'll have yeah. an argument with a total stranger about a movie when I would never do that with anything else you know (laughs) yeah and but maybe that speaks to something i think the movie and the spectacle of it and the beauty because you're seeing it and you're hearing story and you're seeing what you don't see and you hear music with it as well like it stirs and evokes something in us that gets so quickly to like this childlike wonder yes that you almost go up and talk to someone about it the way you did talk about anything when you were eight yeah yeah definitely i just i love it so much is there oh man is there (laughs) this is probably an impossible question but is there a favorite one or two marvel movies even if it's right now because that always changes right like is there a favorite one or two marvel movies and uh which of the which of the star wars films is your favorite i'm just curious this is a safe space and (laughs) no one else is on this podcast right now so (laughs) yeah no one else is allowed to comment just me no um (laughs) let's see so i think favorite marvel movie is probably always going to be captain america the winter soldier the second oh, Captain God, America so movie. Good. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. Um, I think because for me, that movie really is an incredible reflection of our world, even though it's so fictional, you know, because it deals with all these ideas of like freedom and fear and like how technology is influencing our society and just all these like insane overarching questions that can keep you up at night if you think too much about them yeah and some of the best action choreography oh i've like God. ever seen yes like the opening the opening scene when steve and nat go in on that mission on the oh, on the, on the ship. boat yeah oh 
Yeah, it's incredible. Gosh, even when he jumps out of the plane just yeah. with no parachute, it's the most badass thing I've ever seen in my life. Exactly. Like, it's, so cool. it's incredible. I'm just hyped up like from minute one, like <laughs> yeah. more than I should be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dang, I'm definitely okay, going to go rewatch that. this movie after this. Yeah, okay. It's like, well, now we know what we're doing this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but that's definitely my favorite because it really explores a lot of incredible character relationships too. Like with Natasha yes. and Steve, they're learning how to trust each other as friends and you know teammates and then you have the whole you know tragic backstory with Bucky and Steve and oh yeah um it's it's just so gut-wrenching and the action's incredible and yeah amazing film amazing film yeah yes um love it okay and my favorite Star Wars movie I don't know how you're gonna feel about this because I don't feel like we've talked about Star Wars as much but no I love it bring it I think I've finally come to the conclusion that Star Wars The Last Jedi is my favorite Star Wars movie. Hey, I'm still with you, and it is it is either still one of my favorites or my favorite. Um, it's it's one, one of the new trilogy is for sure my favorite. That yeah. is, I just really enjoy the new trilogy, Me which, too. you know, people have their opinions on. Um, and, and we're just stating an opinion. We're not, <laughs> exactly. we're not laying down the law here. I mean, you have a lot of you know, actual authority as someone in the industry <laughs> to have an opinion. I'm just some bozo who loves lightsabers since I was four. So, um, okay, that's awesome. What was it about The Last Jedi that you loved so much? Because I'm with you on it. I think um, how how much character depth there is in the characters. And, you know, I really enjoy seeing characters make mistakes and, and learn from those mistakes because it, it makes them feel so real. You know, like you have... You have Luke, who feels like he's... Spoiler alert for Star Wars The Last Jedi. But you have Luke, who feels like he's, you know, totally let down his nephew, who has become this, you know, villainous character. And you have Kylo Ren, who feels so tortured by his past, and he finds this connection with Rey, and they've both been so alone. And, like, there are just so many incredible like character lessons in that film and it feels like they really put character first and that's what is so important to me because I love lightsaber battles and I love everything else but to me it's the characters that like stay with me at the end of it yeah that's that's really awesome and I love that you have and that's the beauty of it like you have that reasoning for it you know because first off it's silly how much as much as I am a deep Star Wars fan and you are too it's crazy how like the people you're most scared of when sharing an opinion are the other Star Wars fans (laughs) because it's brutal out there yeah it's crazy but um I love that it's about character and and I love the thing about Star Wars and Marvel for that matter too is there's just something truly magical about any of it whichever one happens to be on even even as someone who will rip on various Star Wars movies I don't like as much or whatever, if one of them's on, you're just immediately in this space of adventure and drawn in, like you're saying, because the characters have become part of your story, regardless of how not real or based in reality they are. Oh, yeah. It's so strange that that being true, the reality that their stories express is is so universal and you you just you'll watch it for generations like people have that's crazy yeah and it's like you know whenever i have a bad day or i'm stressed out or anything i throw on the avengers and i'm like totally good for those two hours and 20 minutes or whatever it is you know like that is yeah that is where my head's at that's where my heart's at i'm totally sucked in and that's like the power of film for me
Yeah, and so what is your favorite part? This is kind of still some why, but kind of leading back into some more what questions in it. What are your favorite parts or your favorite part, if you have one, of the filmmaking storytelling process? Like what what part of it, whether it's early visioning, the kind of getting in the weeds, the really down to the second shooting of an idea, like what is it? about this process that keeps you coming back? Well, you know, it's really interesting because I started out thinking I wanted to be a director, as most filmmakers do. Um, And, you know, I did a lot of writing. Um, I've written a lot of short films. And then I have, like, one feature-length screenplay that's complete and another I'm working on. And I really love writing. I think, you know, that's where you can have the most freedom to just spill ideas onto a page and feel creative and, you know, kind of put down whatever comes to mind. But it's interesting because as I've, you know, grown more in the filmmaking process and I've learned what it's all about, I've become a lot more interested in the logistical side and the producing okay, that's side. that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I started producing midway through college, which is basically getting all the logistics together so you're getting the crew together you're finding locations you're making a schedule you're kind of doing everything to set the creative vision up to be the most successful it can be yeah kind of getting things out of the way where people can just create yeah and that's where i found i really thrive because i love helping other people fulfill their creative vision through the logistical side almost more than I enjoy being the creative part myself. Okay, that's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so I do a lot of writing on my own, um, but professionally, I think I'm trying to eventually become some kind of producer where I can kind of, um, you know, be that backbone that sees it through from the very early stages to when we start planning to the very end when we're, you know, editing and finishing the film, the producer is really there like the whole time and they oversee the whole process and their job is to just set the the creative part up for as much success as possible. And that's what's really cool about it to me is that collaborative, you know, nature. Yeah, that's really awesome. I, f- I feel like I've seen friends that are um, very talented folks kind of in the music world of this where the equivalent is uh, well, I mean, there's literally, you know, a, a job and a role called producer too. Um, the, but that same idea, right? The maybe not focusing on being their own songwriter as much or being one of the studio players or things like that, but instead being the person who is sort of helping someone else's vision come together. Yeah. And I think that's really, really cool. It's something I think one day I might enjoy doing as well, um, which is here. It's cool to hear you say that because I think we're actually pretty similar in certain ways, and mm-hmm. that's 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 kind of cool. Because I also, I you know, I like songwriting and I like making stuff, and it's fun to go perform, you know, and mm-hmm. and kind of be the person playing the guitar or doing the thing on screen, right? But there's something like there's something cool about the idea of trying to imagine and equip the things that need to happen that make whatever project come to life. That's a really, really cool idea. Yeah, and I think it took a lot of maturity to kind of accept that that's what I wanted to do because, you know, when you look at the film industry, who are we talking about? We're talking about the directors every time, you know? Like, they are the creative brains, and you really feel like that's who's in the spotlight. And I really, 
you know, especially when I was a little bit younger, I was, I loved that idea of fame just as much as I love that idea of creating because who doesn't, you know, want to be seen. But then I was like, you know, what, what part of this do I really enjoy the most? And while the producer role is kind of a more behind the scenes role and you don't really think about it as much, especially like people who aren't in the industry aren't thinking about it as much. Um, I really asked myself, like, what feels most fulfilling for me? And this is definitely the path that feels most fulfilling. And that was really cool, I think, to come to terms with that because, you know, everyone thinks they want to be a director because that's what's in the spotlight. But I was like, what makes me feel most, um, I guess, whole as a person? And this this is the path that I found so far that works the best. Yeah. And, and, and it honors like skill sets and stuff too it's like if it's the thing that makes you feel like you're thriving and and bringing the most to the table I think I think that's where we're gonna feel most alive is is usually not the oh I want to be in the this role or that role or what's kind of expected or what I first imagined when I started which no one's life goes anywhere close to what they first imagined anyways exactly not any of the humans I know really you know so yeah there's there's something I think really cool about finding where you get a lot of life and you most naturally put a lot of life back into something. Yeah. And because, um, I mean, as silly of a metaphor as that sounds like to me, it's just it it creates this like flow. You know, if 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 life giving stuff is flowing into you and flowing out of you in the place you find yourself, then that that's probably a place to really like try to enjoy as much of it as you can and and you know not try to move on from it because someone else wants you to do this other role or there's a perception of you've got to do this role if you're going forward and that's silly yeah yeah definitely yeah this has been amazing Alex you you are so cool (laughs) and I think you're really inspiring to me I I really mean that oh thank you um I'm serious. I, I'm. I think a lot of us are just really like excited to see you doing what you're doing. And if it's okay, can we maybe sort of wrap up this interview with this question that I like to ask and um, kind of end some of these conversations on? But what would you say right now in all this creative work you're doing, and mm-hmm. just as a person, what would you say right now is the stuff that is requiring great vulnerability? from you right now in this Mm -hmm. season Hmm. I think um I think I've been really work focused lately and I've been having a lot of conversations with um you know co-workers and uh, other filmmakers and you know just people in general about where where I want to go what my aspirations are how I'm trying to you know move forward in my career because that is kind of my whole life right now it almost feels like um yeah and especially in the film world it's interesting because a lot of the conversations you have with people is they're geared toward getting a job in some way and it's a really strange experience because you know you'll have coffee with someone like um this is not a brag this is just an anecdote but i had (laughs) that's fine yeah i had coffee with um the vice president of post-production for marvel so he's in charge of all the editing of the films pretty much yeah yeah and you know i sat down with him and you know i was talking to him and i was like and i got really honest with him and i was just like you know i want to work for marvel and i'm having this conversation with you and 
how do I have these conversations with people that aren't just how do I get a job or how does how do you benefit me because that's not ever what I want it to be about and that's what a lot of the film industry feels like is that you're having these meetings and you're both trying to get something out of it and you're like how can I you know progress my career get another job and you know he really talked to me about how it's all about how we all just want to help each other and I think that's a really universal idea and it made me realize he was like you know you're having this conversation with me and I know that you are trying to progress in your career and you know I know that I'm in a position where I can help you and if if we connect and we we get along and I like you why would I not want to help you and that really made me think about like all these situations in life where I feel like I'm always like asking for something and I hate feeling like I'm asking people for something um yeah yeah. but so often that person you're talking to is already thinking about what they can give you because that's human nature and that's how we help each other and I think it's really given me an interesting perspective on relationships in general and just how we should be honest about what we want and what we're feeling and so often the people you're talking to are already thinking about how they can help you or make you feel better because you're putting something into them yeah that's a really that's a really beautiful perspective and and something that I think I hope will let you continue to keep that sense of humanity and being yourself and because as someone who knows you I I know you care deeply about people and Mm -hmm. it makes sense to me that tension you're describing would be difficult where you want to both you know, do what you need to do and make moves that you need to move or that you need to make and should be doing because, you know, you deserve to do that mixed with you just you care about people and you want someone to sit across from you at a table and know that you care about them as a human, too, and not just an opportunity. Yeah. And so I appreciate you sharing kind of the the tension and challenge of navigating that well. Mm-hmm. But I hope that a conversation uh, like that one that you shared with someone so in the world of it, you know, I mean, really making big moves to hear someone like that say that, I hope gives you some encouragement that you don't have to, you don't have to make this like false choice ultimatum of I get to make success or I get to be the person I want to be. Right. Because you absolutely get to do both. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely what it's helping me learn for sure. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Alex, you are awesome. And this has been the bomb. This has been fantastic. I I think we are going to have way more conversations about this because I, I think we could go on even just about a couple. We could just pick like three movies and do an hour on that for eternity. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Easily. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'll, I'll put links to stuff you've made and things you're doing in the show notes as well. Is there is there anything just while you're kind of on the air, so to speak, that you want to sort of shout out that you're up to or that people need to check out if they check out one thing first from Alex Cherry? Well, um, I'll give you the link to my short film that I mentioned, Bloody Knuckles, um, because I actually just put it online because it was in festivals for a while. And so I was in this place where I had finished my senior thesis film, but nobody got to see it. But now people can see it. Um, So I definitely want to show that because it's my favorite creative project that I've really been, you know, a big part of. um, And it's the one I feel the most the proudest of. Um, Yeah. 
And then I'll also link my podcast um, because we actually took a brief hiatus, but we're, we're back now thanks to quarantine. Um, and it's, <laughs> awesome. it's called Watchtower and it's about superhero movies. And so if you enjoyed hearing me talk briefly about Marvel and this, oh boy, I have a treat for you, <laughs> which is <laughs> yeah. my superhero podcast. <laughs> so we'll link that too. Yeah. If you want to hear, if you want to hear Alex and another co-host talk about movies, uh, superheroes at length, Yes. for many episodes yes. we've got it for you oh yeah it is a really good podcast too i like that was one of the first ways i think we reconnected once you had moved out there was i enjoyed listening to watchtower oh, so that's really you. cool yeah yeah it's awesome stuff yeah well thank you okay, so much you for awesome. having me this has been so fun yeah no problem it's been wonderful um to and from listeners you're amazing we're gonna sign off here But me and Alex are actually about to go and record a little bit more conversation for a new podcast project that I'm making for all of you that are supporting me on Patreon.com. And you'll hear more about that on social media and stuff. But uh, Alex, this has been awesome. Let's go record another podcast. (laughs) Sounds great. Can't wait. (laughs) Bye, y'all. And here we are at the end of the episode. Like I said in the intro, I want to read this little message that Alex sent me about two weeks after our interview about what's going on in her life. So let's read this. Quote, I found out last week that my last day at Disney is this Friday due to layoffs and furloughs happening across the company. While I'm heartbroken to know that my time at Disney is coming to an end much too quickly, I've felt extremely supported by coworkers and colleagues who have told me that they want to help me come back to work at Disney as soon as this is all over. Their support has been a reminder that the relationships we have with the people around us are really the most important part of creating art, working, and everything in between. Without those relationships, none of us would be anywhere. I'm going to use this time to continue creating on my own time and to get excited about more opportunities to come ahead. No way to know what the future holds, but I know I'll continue to strive to make art that matters to me wherever I go. Alex, thank you so much for being willing to share this vulnerable and hard news, but I also think I speak for all the listeners and certainly myself when I say we are so glad that you are going to keep creating and not let this stop you from being who you want to be and making what you want to make. I hope that you and your friends are staying safe and that you are able to innovate and listen to yourself and do self-care in this time and that doors open back up for you, whether in the same position or maybe some new adventure. But thank you for being who you are. Also, friends, thank you for listening to the show. Patrons on Patreon, thank you as always for making so much possible with your support. Know that I am always here to talk and dialogue about anything you want to. You can reach me at GradyMilliganCreative at gmail.com or all across socials. I'll see you next time here on the To and From Podcast. Love you all.